0: our heads tonight, Lord Jesus, we love you, Lord, we love you with all with our heart tonight, we appreciate this opportunity to once again come together, Lord, to sing songs of Zion, to worship you, Lord, to praise your name, Lord, many of us in this room tonight, very differing apes, differing walks of life, differing experiences one of us could stand up in this place in the face of every every devil out of hell say, we ain't found nobody like the Lord Jesus. Everything that we tried for ourselves, every idea, every, every pleasure of this world, all those things, nothing, nothing is like unto thee, O God. And we find, Lord, in your word, the reason that is, is because we were created to worship you. We were created to love you. We were created to live for you. We were created to live with you, Lord, for all eternity. We stand here such blessed people tonight. It don't matter what the devil said. It don't matter what the doctor said. It don't matter what anybody else says. All that matters is what your word says, Lord, for heavens and earth will one day pass away, but your word will always love us, will always have redeemed us, will always have chosen us, and we appreciate you tonight, Lord. I pray, Father, as we take these next moments of time to break into your word, I ask, Lord, that you would step forward, that you would step forward tonight, and and, and you would let me go sit down and take my seat, as it were, and you come get me when you're done, but you would speak to your people tonight, that you would give us more strength for the journey, that you would increase our joy, Lord, increase our hope, that you would give us courage, Lord, like never before. We don't want to be lazy, Lord. We don't want to waste our time on this earth. We want to live for you, Lord, every second, every, every moment that we're alive, Lord. We want to live for you and we want to give you glory. We want to share your love, Lord, with someone else. We want to tell someone else about you and just how good you've been, Lord, for you're so wonderful and faithful. and Bless our brothers and sisters tonight, Lord. I pray that you'll break your bread of life once again to our hearts and that you would draw us closer to you. And we love you so very much, Lord, in your precious, wonderful name. Amen. Amen. God bless you tonight. <clears throat> I probably don't look like Brother Doug. Brother Doug wasn't able to minister for us tonight. Keep him in prayer. God is very good to his people. We love him. We love Sister Patty. I pray that she's on vacation as well, so remember her while she's... Working vacation, keep them in prayer. Uh, if you'll turn while you're standing to John chapter 13, the book of John, chapter 13, <clears throat> I'll give you my title right here at the beginning Little Children Love One Another and Live for One Another. Love one another and live for one another. Uh, let's read then John chapter 13, verse 31. You glad the Lord loves you? You glad that his love can move through you? And it's not just a one-way street, just just him up in the corner somewhere, and just he pours love and mercy out on you, and you just like a big old net, and you catch it, and it never goes nowhere else? That's not the love of God. The love of God shines. The love of God is merciful. The love of God will run you down. He'll run you down tonight. You believe that? Each one of us here could have been in many other places. We could have been in any other. We could have been sitting on a bar stool. We could have been in a drug den. We could have been in a ditch on the, side of the road, dead. We could have been in a car. Anything that we could have been, but it's His divine mercy to have us in this place tonight. I believe that with all my heart, and I believe that if He could orchestrate such a thing as that to get whatever all these different lives from all these different from all these different states to be able to come into this one place surely he'd have something real good for us because he is good he's the giver of every good gift john chapter 13 verse 31 therefore when he was gone out jesus said now is the son of man glorified and god is glorified in him watch this pattern as you watch how he describes this now is the son of man glorified and god is glorified in him if God be glorified in him, God shall also him in himself. Glorify him in himself. Great way, glorify, him. glorify him. Little children, yet a little while, and I am with you. You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a little bit loud up here. Just just a little bit. It got loud. <clears throat> As I said unto the Jews, whither I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, a new commandment, a new commandment I give unto you. A new commandment that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, by this, look at this, by this shall all men know that you're my disciples. If you have love one to another. Simon Peter said unto him, Lord, whither goest thou? Jesus answered him, Whither I go, thou canst not follow me now, but thou shalt follow me afterwards. Peter said unto him, Lord, why can I, why cannot I follow thee now? I will lay down my life for thy sake. He's going to die for him, he says. He said he was going to die for him. Jesus answered him, Wilt thou lay down thy life for my sake? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, The cock shall not crow till thou hast denied me thrice. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. This is John chapter 14, verse one Just keep reading. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. You may be seated tonight. Whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. These are the words of the Lord Jesus. Jesus. If there's anything that, that you've heard today, uh, with, with the exception of reading the Bible, this is going to take preeminence on anything that's come through your mind today. is the words of the Lord Jesus. He's telling you how to love God. And the way that he does it is completely opposite of anything that we had ever thought of how to love God. Up until this point, I'm guessing right at 4,000 years, there have been many that loved the Lord Jesus, that loved the Elohim, that loved the I Am, the Who, who We Was. But there are many others that had loved other gods. And they would be the little G's, they, you know, not real, you know, made by hands and things that didn't really, couldn't help you whatsoever. But when it comes to loving a God, someone you worship, someone to live for the God, because you, you look at many other religions on the planet today, your Muslims, your your others, you have a lot of Catholics. They'll spend more time in church doing their penance than most most message believers would. But but what they're doing is is not the same thing as loving God. It's loving an institution, it's loving a tradition, it's loving a commandment of man. And the way you know that's the case is it's not a lie. And what's alive about the Lord Jesus is he is the resurrection and the life. Now, I say it like that to, to prove this point and to build it from this moment that, that I've said many times, I, I want to know how to get my prayers answered. I don't care what you believe. I know people that believe the most deepest parts of the message, that believe as deep as possibly can go, but they can't make it work for their daily life. They go home at the end of the day. They'll be sick. They'll be all these different. Things. They'll be stressed out, and discouraged, and and but but I believe the depth of the message. But but the message is life. It's the most powerful thing that's hit this planet in two thousand years, and it's what God has done in our day. that's brought it about that everything that His Scripture says for your day, the day that we live in, and they take that and they go home. And well, I believe this, but I'm still sick. My kids are still lost. Me and my husband were this, and my wife and we're this, and 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 and, and, I, and I, I don't understand. I don't understand how that it can be that way. I, I know people that, like I said, that believe the depths of the message that have that just run you down. They'll stop on your head so fast. But I believe the depths of the message. But no, no, that's not that's not the message, because the message is the life of Christ. Yeah. I've shared that with you many times. After Brother Branham passed away, there was a Catholic bishop there in Jeffersonville that I don't know if he was at the funeral or, or someone else had said that, but he said, there's never been a man on this planet that helped me to love my Lord Jesus than William Branham. A Catholic bishop said that. That means his pope, that means all the saints that helped me love, he said, my Lord Jesus, like that man did. So again, we're finding how to love Him, and the Bible would say—I don't know if I've got that in my notes—but we quote that to you a lot. Where man will say, "I love God, but I hate my brother." Now, hate—you uh, know—a lot of times you got to watch how the Bible will use the word hate. If you go back into certain of the translations, it, it would mean, for example, He said, "If you don't hate father, mother's—no, uh, it's not right, wrong. I said that wrong. If you won't leave anything you put above Him." And he said, and it would say hate, but it's mean to love less. If you don't love it less than you love him, then, then you're worshiping that. But to find the point of the hate is, it's not so much as, as loving your brother less than you love God, but you're loving your brother in that way less than you love yourself. See, you hate your brother. You love him less than you love yourself. If you use that word that way, to say that you hate your brother would mean you love him less than you love yourself. See, and we'll get to over in Ephesians when it's talking about the love between a husband and his wife, how that he would lay down his life. And Peter just read this to you. Peter's telling the Lord Jesus, I will lay down my life for you. I will let them kill me. I'll let them kill me for your namesake. Lord Jesus, who is the word, looks at him and says, you're not there yet. You're not quite there yet. And it's easy to die. It's easy to die. You can, you, you can, you know, for a believer, you, we, if you tonight believe that you are a Christian, you believe that that eternal destination is set, the only reason you're still alive tonight, you believe is because God wills it. To live is Christ, to die is gain. So for you to be sitting alive in this room tonight, still living in this sticky old pest house, still walking in this world, still going through the the tests and the trials and all the things you struggle with this week alone, when you could leave and go home, you know it's not for you. It's for his glory. We sprung a leak. But it's for his glory. It's for his glory. You understand me tonight, it's for his glory. 2 Corinthians talks about all things are for your sake. All things are for your sake. You're to be conformed to that world, not conformed to this world. You're to be transformed by the renewing of your mind to be conformed to that world. You're to look like that world, you're to act like that world, to, to smell like that world, everything like that world, because that's where you come from. For example, if we had other people that would be ambassadors from another country would come to America, they would be here to represent that country. And you have people that abuse that, and you have those uh, different ones that, that want to become Americanized and the, all those things. But there are those that are honorable and that will tell you, no, I'm from there. That's where I live. That's where I'll go back. And I'm going to conduct myself accordingly as a representative of that country. I don't want to come to America and just, you know, have the, the high tops, the, the shorts, the, all these different things, and just be kicking it and all that stuff. I, I want to be like a representative of my country or whatever that might be because of the pride and the, the honor and the reverence that I want to give where i come from, and that's a natural thought. See, you yourself are not from here. You're absolutely not come from here if you've been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That kingdom of God that's from that other plane, that's from that other dimension, has so saturated your life, and it's quickened the seed of God that he planted there to where you're not from here, you're an ambassador from there. So it's easy to die. You know that, and that's why Paul would say, we don't sorrow as those that have no hope. You don't sit here tonight sorrowing, oh my goodness, my, my, my brother and my sister and all these, they died, and, and I don't know where they went. No, you know where a Christian goes. You know, I've heard it said from many other religions that there's not another religion on the planet that dies as well as a Christian. That dies as well as a Christian. For one, you're not being lied to. You don't don't think that, well, I'm going to get however many virgins it is if I give my life. You know that lie. A lot of guys will willingly do that, but they've been lied to. You've not been lied to. I just told you. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. This is someone that cannot lie. That said, if it were not true, if it wasn't so, he said, I would have told you. What does that tell you? So, for example, say, for example, that maybe he wasn't, maybe God wasn't one. Maybe God was two. And Jesus is here on earth and is telling you, making this statement. In my father's house, we'll say a second person, there are many mansions, so there's one for you, there's one for you, there's one for you. That's what I believe. And if I get over and it's not true, I'll come back and tell you. And he goes over there, oh, my goodness, we didn't have some for them. Oh, um, I come back to tell you. No, he come back to make something right. And you think God would do that. God has shows us a pattern. He, to lead by an example. He's always to lead by an example, and every good leader would lead by an example. You find that many people in your life, you find leaders that, that you don't give a, you know, you, you don't, you couldn't give any kind of honor or reverence to them. You couldn't give a, a, a humble heart to follow them because they're not worthy of you following. They, they'll tell you one thing and do something opposite all day long. Well, it should be this way. No, that's a hypocrite. Peter teaches us as a ministry, and Jesus says about being a servant. He said, "You're not be you're not meant to be lords over God's heritage, but you're meant to be an example to the flock. Meant to be an example, so that your life would be lived in such a way, and and, and that would be even to a quote that but the prophet said. You want your life to be lived in such a way before the Lord Jesus, that Satan don't even know what to do with you. You want your life." to be lived in certain ways, so surrendered to God that Satan can't figure out what to do with you. Anybody want that tonight? That once you get up in the morning, Satan's over wringing his hands. He's got a knot in his stomach. He's stressed out. He needs blood pressure, all these things because you just woke up. Here we go again. Oh my goodness. Here we go again. Oh my goodness. Lord, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do, Lord? They just woke up and it seems like they still believe the word. He said, will you lay down thy life for my sake? Will you lay down your life? And he's telling me, he said, no, you won't lay down your life because right now you're barely willing to give your, to live for me. It proves this. They grab the Lord Jesus. They come at him with sticks and staves. They take him by night. They take the Lord Jesus. They take your, the precious fountain of life, and they haul him off like a prisoner. And they take him before a, a kangaroo court, and they have liars and it's, 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 it's so amazing that, you know, a lot of times you can tell if something's a lie if it's repeated from north to a different people the exact same way every single time. You're like, wait a minute now. You saw something different. You Not that you know, from each one while well, you didn't even take from this sermon tonight. You're, you're from here. You're from there. You're from there. You're from your different ages. You're different walks of life. Things that I say might catch you in a certain way to where they, even though you're right here as a witness, you would not say the same thing the person beside you would say. No different than the four gospels. So when someone comes along and they're all saying such and such and such, the next person such and such and such, so much even the, the court is saying, everyone else lying. On the Lord Jesus. Everyone. So then they have another person comes up. He lies too. The court says, you're lying too. The court is saying, you're lying too. All this time, Peter's hiding. He's hiding. He just promised that he'd give his life, that he would die for him. And now you won't even live for him. He won't even live for him. He's scared. Scared to live for him. It can be scary to live for your brother and your sister. It can be scary. What if they want to do something different than I want to do? What if they got a different idea? What if they, you find a lot of disagreement just where you want to go to lunch? (laughs) Supper. I don't even want to go there. We've ate there 35 times this month. I don't want to go back. What if, what if you, you, you got someone, your couple's together and whatever it is, and you say, okay, today you get to pick where we eat lunch. And they pick some place completely opposite of where you want it. And you don't even like the place. The last 25 times you ate there, you got badly picked. But they just picked something. I can't live for you because you don't think the same way. But as a sheep, you lay down all your rights. You lay down what you want. And that's why you find the Lord Jesus in the garden, sweat and blood, in such an agony. And he comes back and he tells the disciples, he says, the the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. The Lord Jesus tells the disciples, the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. See, your flesh, you know, the person that lives between these two elbows is your own worst enemy. It's your own worst enemy. I I was, Bethany was talking about this earlier that... how the devil will use different things of life to make you lash out there to the people you love the most. That you love the most. I think about times that I've had a bad day at work or something go really badly wrong or if I'm hurting or, you know, in pain or, or whatever it might be. And, and instead of, you know, I used to hear a story about a guy that, that worked and he, every day he'd come home and, and no matter what his job was, he'd walk in happy and smiling and grinning and loving his family and they never knew he had a bad day at work. And then one day they asked him, how can you do that? You have a very stressful job, and and maybe you come home tired and wore out or one of those things. He said, well, I've got a tree in my front yard. I pull up each night, I take all my problems, and I hang them on that tree before I walk in that house. That way that my family, who I love the most, don't have to bear that. You know, I, I've felt in that so many times in my life. Brother Ram tells a story about Paul Rader, the brother that wrote uh, the, the song Only Believe. And he tells that that, that Paul had testified that one day him and his wife were having an argument and they'd been just kind of you know, just going at each other and not even mean, not even real loud but just disagreement, just kind of bickering back and forth and, and he goes to walk out the door and and, and he don't even want to tell her bye he said just like yells bye and he won't even kiss her goodbye and he slams the door behind him he's walking down the street and he's thinking about being discouraged and he stops and he says what if she dies before I get back? What if she drops dead? What if she's walking outside and hit by a car? What if she's not alive when I get home from work tonight? And I didn't kiss her goodbye. I didn't tell her I loved her. Tell her that she means everything to me. He said he walked back in the house and he opened the door. He said, honey, honey, where are you? And he didn't see her in the two-room house and and he could hear her crying. He's standing in the door and he's holding the door and he could hear her crying. And he moved and she's hiding behind the door with her face against the wall crying. He said, when I left, she knew I loved her. She knew I loved her. Pulled her up like, real close and I hugged her and said, honey, I love you. I'm sorry about that. If we've got a disagreement, if we've got something we've got to work out, we'll just work it out. But I want to you to know, first and foremost, I love you. And I'm going to live for you. And we, well, I just better keep moving. In the message, when divine love is projected, sovereign grace takes its place. That's the name of the title. When divine love is projected, sovereign grace takes its place. And I said that a minute ago about your greatest enemy being your own flesh. If someone irritates you or frustrates you or hurts you or has even done so in the past, it is so difficult to give them grace. It is so difficult to extend that back. You know what? You didn't mean it. I'm as guilty. But he said in these things, with the scripture that we've opened with, and in this quote that I want to start with, that Brother Branham is telling you, in our day, it's not just 2,000 years ago for those disciples' life, but right now in our day, how to get that grace to come in and take over. Divine, sovereign grace to take over. He said, oh, friends, that's what the church needs. It's not a new organization not a new bunch of fantastics or fanatics, not an argument, not a debate. It needs the baptism of love to love one another. It doesn't need new gifts. It needs love to operate the gifts it's got. That's what it needs. That's what it needs. In the message, 1951, Faith is a Substance. There's at least two of that title. He says, now love one another. Above everything that you do, above everything that you do, love one another. And as you love one another, you'll love God. He said, see, you love each other and you'll love God for God is love. A man that walks in love, he walks in life. And perfect love casteth out all fear. Then, if you take him, if you can take him in his word and not fear a bit of him, say, Lord, I love you. I know you're going to answer because you promised you would. Hey, I just know you're going to do it. He said, see, it takes away all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. I believe that tonight. Amen. With all of my heart, I believe that. In, in the message, Christ is the mystery of God revealed this little excerpt that I'm about to read to you is what we used to have hang on the wall of the church there in Nutbush called Word of the Church. They took from that message. And I want to read this because... My hope for these meetings, these three services that we're having, and even Sunday, we want it to be a special service, that, that the Lord would take our little congregation, our little assembly, and that he would so knit our hearts together with love and just pull us up close to one another, just like a big jawstring, just, just pulling us closer together, that we would love each other more, that we would live for each other more, that we would give each other more grace, that we'd pray for each other more, that we would walk away encouraged in the path that he's called us to walk in. That's, that's, that's my heart's desire. Paragraph 80, Christ, the mystery of God revealed. He says, love one another above everything. Love one another. He said, no matter what the devil tries to say. Now, you're all one great big sweet group now, but remember my warning, see? Satan won't let that stay that way. Satan won't let that stay that way. No, sir. He'll shoot everything. If he has to bring somebody in to make his target, he'll bring some critic or unbeliever in and sit him down, cause him to fellowship with you. The quietness and things. And then he'll shoot that guy with some kind of a poison stuff. He'll start through the church with it. Don't you take sides with it. Don't you have nothing to do with anything else. You stay right, loving, and sweet, and kind to one another. Pray for that man that he'll be saved too, or that woman, or whoever who it is. Just pray for them and stick one with another. He said, and stay with your pastor. He's a shepherd. He said, you give him respects. He'll lead you through because he's ordained of God to do so. He said, do you remember that? He said, remember this. The enemy will come. The enemy will come. And, and I'll stop right there. And we've shared a lot just in this year alone. But our fight as an assembly, our fight, each one of us, has ramped up to a higher form of war than I ever expected, than I ever, ever saw coming. And, and, and Satan is attacked in every which way. He's put he's come at me with just demonic oppression. With more, I, I, I didn't realize it would come in such a way. But God is greater. God is greater. Every devil out of hell was defeated the same day Lucifer was. He was defeated the same day Satan was. I believe that. Now the way that we can overcome is love one another. Anybody willing to do that with me? You're willing to love one another, draw close to each other, live for each other? He said the enemy will come, and when he does, just cling that much closer together, and the one that the devil is using for an enemy will either get out or come in and be one of you. I want him to come in and be one of us. If if that happens, I'm not saying that's happened. If it happens, I understand that as we grow, grow, this is probably going to happen at least once, because Satan is against us. You understand, nobody's sitting here this morning, you know, got your picnic blanket and your picnic basket and said, I've called to the pretty show or we're in a picnic. No, you know you walked into warfare, that you're sitting here right now meant to be a soldier. If you jump to Ephesians 6, it says, put on the armor. Put it on. You can't sit here, well, I don't really need that coat tonight. I don't really need that shield tonight. Put it all on. If you ain't got, if maybe maybe the heat of your battle has has relaxed a little bit, maybe Satan is you know, got hit on the jaw too much, so he's reeling in his corner. Step up, and start fighting for your brother and your sister. That's how we bear one another's burdens. I, I pray for you. I, I knocked Satan. I got some victory in my life. I overcome him, and I knocked him down. And now he's over trying to figure out what to do with me. So while he's over you know, regrouping, I'm gonna pray for my brother and sister. And then two of us are going to tag up on him. And then three of us are going to tag up on him. Four, five, and six until he can't stand there. He can't stand there. He said, don't never clan amongst yourself. Don't make yourself clannish. He said, we are one. He said, you can never say left hand. I'm mad at you. I love that. Because the Bible says you're members of a body and members in particular in particular the bible says members in particular he said you can't say I'm mad at you I'm going to take you away because you're not a right hand I'm cut it off you're not a right hand even the little tip of my finger he said I want it to stay right there every little part of my body stay right there and God wants us as a body of believers to stay right exactly one with another right with one another you love that? I love that. And, and I, I realize that as my experience with the Lord gets sweeter and sweeter, what I've watched in my life is that as I see him moving in your lives, and I see him moving and, and changing things and helping you, and, and it's not always that, that the answer you need to come, but he's moving for you, letting you know that he's heard you. When I see that as your pastor and as your brother, that makes me love him more. What a response. That made me love him more. What a response. I want to read this to you out of The Mark of the Beast and the Seal of God, number one. This is from 1961, February 16. I love this. Brother Ram says, Satan, you can't hold them no more. Satan, you can't hold them no more. See, I believe this is a prophet speaking. And he says, Satan, you can't hold them no more. The formula is laid down. They understand now how to fight for each other, not against each other, but for each other. In the Old Testament, one could chase a thousand, two could put 10,000 to flight. That's on the blood of bulls and goats. And this day, under the blood of this one, it's going to be way more than just 10,000. Way more than just 10,000. For one, they've released an extra 250 million out on you. So you understand the battleground. You understand the, what the array, the, the battle, the fight that's set in array. He says, Satan, you can't hold them no more. They're God's children right now. And that's interesting that he'd say that. How many times Satan told you you ain't one of God's? You ain't a son of God. You ain't a daughter of God. Who do you think you are? I didn't make me a son of God. Nothing I did made me a son of God. He chose me before the foundation of the world. He's moved in my life, and he's bringing it past to past where you can look at me yourself, and you can see whether or not it's true. And I'm just one of us. I'm just one of us. He said, you, you can't, they're God's children right now. I'm bringing that before you. I'm bringing that before you, he said. I want you to know, Satan, that, that these are God's people. And Satan's like, I know that. Oh, you're about to get really good reminded. You're about to be really, 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 really reminded. They're God's children right now. I'm bringing that before you. You have to take your hand off their life. They belong to God now. I claim them for him. I claim them as trophies of Christ's love at Calvary. I challenge you in a debate. You don't have any legal power. You have no power over them. You should scream hallelujah to that. No power over me. You didn't have it in the first place. You was only bluffing them. You was only bluffing. Christ stripped you of everything you had at Calvary. He stripped every power that you ever had. And you're nothing but a bluff. And we are calling your bluff. We're calling your bluff. Praise the Lord. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5 with me. The power to enforce. Ephesians chapter 5. Be therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for us an offering. He gave himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savour but fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness. Let it not be once named among you as becometh saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather of giving thanks. For this ye know that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them. For you were sometimes darkness, but now it's italicized Are ye light in the Lord? So walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth. Proving, proving, proving what's acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it's a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. It's a shame. Skip over down to verse 16 redeeming the time because the days are evil wherefore be you not unwise but understanding but understanding what the will of the lord is understanding what the will of the lord is now turn back to chapter, the book of john chapter 15 understanding what the will of the lord is i think that'd be something you'd be really want to know tonight exactly what his will is. What is what is his plan? What does he want for me in my walk with the Lord? Because I, I'm sure you're like me, you want to please him. At whatever cost, I want to please him. Whatever it does to me, I want to please him. John chapter 15, verse 7. He said, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Ask what you will done unto you. herein is my father glorified and that's where we began in John earlier glorifying the father, glorifying the Lord Jesus. herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so shall you be my disciples. as the father hath loved me, so have I loved you continue ye in my love. if you keep if you keep my commandments you shall abide in my love even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. Motive and objective. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. He said, ye are my friends, if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I've made known unto you. You've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you. We're still looking at the will and mo- the will, the will, and the purpose, the motive, and the objective. He said, "You did not choose me; I chose you. You didn't choose me; I chose you." It's easy to be friends with someone that likes you, that's popular, that's the you know the, the, the you know the the, the 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 most popular person in the room, the most the most friendliest, all those different things, and that's who most people would pick. Most people don't want to be friends with the ones that are hard to be around. I told you, we were cutting wood back this past winter. We was cutting down, uh, you know, bodoc trees or Osage orange, whatever you want to call them. And they're very, very thorny trees. Very, very thorny. They, I've got a lot of tore up clothes and a lot of scars from cutting these trees down. And, and I was cutting. Uh, the way they are is you, they don't just grow up and then you start the limbs. You have to cut your way to it just to get to the trunk. So you're bleeding. You're bleeding by the time you get the trunk. And as I'm doing this, cutting these thorns by getting smacked in the face and all these different things and dripping my coats and my my shirts and and bleeding, the Lord tells me the best wood has the most thorns. I thought, oh, Lord, what do you mean by that? You know what a cocklebur is? Cocklebur is just something that's dried up. It's dried up and it's dried up, and it's dried up. That's what, if you look at my grass right now, my grass that used to be good is looking like thorns and thistles right now because there's no water. Dried up, dried up, dried up. I, I've said that to you many times. If you'd, have met, if you'd have met Jacob before he became Israel, if you'd have met Saul before he became Paul, you would not want to have been their friends. Paul, Saul would have put you down. Jacob would have robbed you blind. It would have been really hard to be friends to them. But all the while, God had chosen them. Right. Now, I say it like that because Satan wants you to think everything's shiny. He wants you to think that if it's hard, it can't be the way of the Lord. But that, in fact, is the way of the Lord, is the harder way. You remember the prophecy that was given through Danny Henry there in Los Angeles that day. They told Brother Brown that because you chose the harder way, you chose his way. It is a straight and narrow path. It is, has many heartaches, it has many scars, it has many offenses. But you can't let it shut you down. You can't let it make you clam up. You've got to be able to keep your arms open and keep loving. I know a lot of people that have been serving the Lord for a long time through different honest offenses. Honest, honest, honest things that would have knocked me to my knees over and over and over. Things that have been done to them, they are so shut off now. So closed off, they shut their heart down and they hardened their heart to where that no one can get back in. And I've watched in my own life dealing with uh, someone that's very close to me that I feel like that I started to harden my heart toward them, and uh, I didn't even realize it was happening. I don't want that. I don't want that. And and I I think about other people I know that you know that see this (coughs) two things are related. This is very personal to me. I, I'm not just someone sitting in the pew. This is very personal to me. You're very personal to me. If someone was to say something about you, that would really hurt my feelings. I would take it personal. And I would and my flesh would probably get irritated and, and, and maybe wouldn't handle the right way. This is very personal to me and I and I love you very much. And I'm very Paul would say I'm set in the defense of the gospel. Me and my flesh is maybe set in the defense of you, whether you're right or wrong. But I love you. So it's hard to be able to be able to do this job, and when offenses come, different scars not to shut down. I don't want to be like that. I know too many people that way. They just shut down, and then I, I show up, I preach, we go home, and it's just that kind of a service. The Lord can't move in that kind of a heart. And even if it hurts bad, I want him to move in my heart. And that's just me being honest with you. Even if it hurts bad, I want him to move in my heart. And I say that knowing that we went through quite a bit of hurt in the last couple of years, three years, four years, whatever it is, more than I ever expected. I don't want it to shut me down. I want to keep loving. Like the song says, until there's just no more love. And now the thing about love is it's a boundless and eternal supply. It cannot wear out. You love the Lord? <clears throat> Where was that? Verse 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you. And ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever you shall ask of the father in my name. He may give it you these things. I command you that you love one another. Now he just told you how to get your prayers answered. He just told you how to get what you needed. And it's through something as simple as loving one another. Now that's too simple. It can't be that. And then again, like I said, there are honest offenses. There are honest scars. They, they ask Jesus you know, when he'll come back to, to the Jews, and, and they'll ask him, and they're, they'll described that so beautifully. He said they'll be there, and they'll fall in love with him as soon as they see him, and they'll be in love with him, and they'll be screaming in adoration, and we love you, we love you, we love you. They get closer to him, and they see the scars in his hand. Where could you have possibly gotten that? In the house of my friends. David says something along those same lines. He said that about different ones that had hurt him, e- even in the house of the Lord. He said that it, maybe it would have been easier that these people that had hurt me is if they weren't the same one to walk in the church door with me, if they weren't the same one to sit down. And pu- David says it like this. Weren't the same ones that, that praise the Lord with me. But say, you understand it. When you get closer like that, he's telling you that it's not just someone that it's an acquaintance out there in the street. Maybe you got a business partner, you know, somebody you've done business with, or all those things, but, but up good and close. For me, this is the most personal thing I have, if I can say I have it. This is my life right here. This is my love right here and what God's doing with us. I've told you many times the reason I have a job is to get me from service to service. I go work to make money, to buy food, to pay for my house so we can come back to the next service so that we can be together, that we can be with the Lord. That's just my heart. This is my life. And so, to have something like that happen, that's what David's saying is that he said, I've set my heart to the affection of the house of the Lord. And then something like that happened in the house of the Lord, it made things really, really hard. Again, not happened here. Please don't think I'm pointing anyone. I'm not meaning that whatsoever. I'm just talking about that sometimes the offenses are very close. And it's very easy to say, I can't love you anymore. And that's when Satan wins. And we're not to let Satan win because he is permanently defeated. He is, what's a better word for that? He's eternally defeated. He's always going to be defeated. He won't be nothing but defeated. When he wakes up in the morning, he's still defeated. When he goes to bed at night, he's still defeated. And he knows it. Amen. Turn to Romans chapter 12 with me. Romans chapter 12. He said, I beseech you, verse 1, Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, not just once a year, not just once a month, but a daily, minutely, secondly, as your heart beats, as your thoughts process, as you take in breath, a living sacrifice. You think, I, I thought things before that were kind of hard and, and maybe real stressful. Or something. You know, I thought, you know what, I want to take a day off. I'm going to take a day off. I'm just going to take a day off and do nothing. But you, you can't do this Is this. You're not, you don't take a day off from being a Christian. You're, all, you're either a Christian or you're not a Christian. You're to be a living sacrifice. Well, you know, I've served my time. Well, I've done this. No, you're still alive. You're still alive. And to live as Christ. And to do the will of Christ, to do the work of Christ, to do whatever he has you to do, to die, that's when you get the gain. That's when it's a good promotion, wouldn't you say? I get to leave and nothing smells anymore. And I, I go where everything smells good and all the flowers are always in bloom and, and it's just perfect as, as perfect can be. That's a gain, would you agree? Amen. That you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Your Bible's got that italicized, just, mine, just like mine, which is your reasonable service. It's the least you can do, the least, as a living sacrifice. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect, what is that good and acceptable and perfect, Will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Just flip over the next chapter, Romans chapter 13, verse 8. Oh, no man anything. Owe no man anything. Now, the prophet clears that up for you. It's not that you can't have a house loan, not that you can't have a car loan. It's those lingering debts that need to be paid off. You understand that as a Christian? That's your duty to owe no man anything but to love one another. To love one another. That's what you owe your brother and sister. We just read to you it's the least that you can do. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law wait a minute, has fulfilled the law. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 5. I know I'm bouncing you around a lot. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty. Only you have liberty for an occasion of the flesh, but by love serve one another. For all the law was fulfilled in one word, All the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbors thyself. But if you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. These are contrary, the one to the another, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. You're not under the law. Turn over to me. First Thessalonians chapter three. First Thessalonians chapter three, Verse 12. <coughs> And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another and toward all men. Even as we do toward you. Abound in love one toward another. Okay, we're good with that. We'll stop right there. It's just us. We love each other and, and that's just all of us. We shut the doors. No one else. He said all men. All men. Love all men. Turn over to First Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 9. Verse 9, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I hide unto you. For you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. And indeed, you do it toward all the brethren, all the brethren, which are in all Macedonia. But we, you, but we beseech you, brethren, you increase more and more, more and more. Turn over to First Peter chapter 1. First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Got to get there myself. Seeing that you have purified your souls, seeing ye have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. Pure heart fervently. Then turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. Now we're talking about the, the, the marriage between a husband and his wife. And it's so, it's so easy to say, and I've thought this many times in my life, that, that I love God, I love the Lord Jesus, but I don't like that person or that person or that person, don't want to be friends with them, don't want to hang out with them. The Bible says it makes me a liar. That's what the Bible says. My mind, my thoughts, my ideas must come into subjection of this word, must come into his will and his way to be submissive to my head chapter 3 verse 1 likewise ye wives be in subjection to your own husband that if any obey not the word they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear chaste conversation coupled with fear whose adorning let it not be that outward adorning of plaiting the hair and of wearing of gold or putting on of a apparel. But let it be. Here's your key. Let it be. And those three letters, those three words are italicized. It's straining on that point. But let it be the hidden man of the heart. The hidden man of the heart. And and I'll pause right there just a minute. You you, you think about many struggles, and, and and we've we've talked a lot about. Winning your family or, or, or those that you have loved ones that you want to come to the Lord. You want them to straighten your lives up and come to him. It's so easy to take the word and to swing it at them. Well, this is what it says. This is what it says. And you'll find that you have zero effect. You have absolutely zero effect in that manner. But he's telling you right here that if you can let that hidden man of the heart. Because with God, all things are possible. With God, all things are possible. In your own flesh, in your own temperament and personality, because the difference between personality and character. There's a big difference between personality and character. In your own temperament, personality, and all those thoughts, you would maybe, like Moses did, take the stones, take the tablets, and swing it at them and break the word. But that's what the word says. It does, but in that manner, they can't receive it. They can't receive it. Well, you should believe what the word says. They should. Not disputing that. But they've got everything against them too. Satan's against them nonstop. Satan's against them nonstop to keep them his prisoner. To keep them his prisoner. Um, I, I didn't look that quote up. Brother man was talking about that where, you know, that vision that was seen that, that these people were hid behind these bars. And he said they were great big bars. Great big bars. And the angel of the Lord said, let them loose. Set them free. And he said, I cannot move those bars. It's impossible for me to move those bars. And he said, the Lord comes along and said, you can do this. You can do this. And he steps back and he says, house of hell, give way in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, the creaking and moaning and groaning when those doors exploded open. See, the battle's not yours. It's his. The battle's not yours. It's his. And for us, I say this all the time, there's nothing good about me. There's absolutely nothing good about me. So any good desire, any good that would be love someone, that would pray for someone, that would claim someone through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that is the Lord Jesus Christ doing it through me. And you, in the flesh, well, I believe that's what he's doing, but I'm seeing no movement. Don't worry. God's working. God's working. You believe he's able? We sang that song earlier. I believe he's able to accomplish what concerns me. You take that home tonight you can stake your whole life on it. He is able and willing to accomplish what concerns me. He can bring it to pass. Because again, the battle's not mine, it's the Lord's. It's the Lord's. But let it be the hidden man of the heart in that which is not correct. Even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God, of great price. A meek and a quiet spirit is a great price to the Lord. For after this manner, in the old time, the holy women also, who trusted in God, adored themselves, being in subjection under their own husbands. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters you are, as long as you do well. There's a clause right there. Well, he's not worthy of being called, Abraham. We not always are. I'm not always am. That ain't good English, but it's true. But he said, as long as you do well and are not afraid with any amazement. What do you think he means by that? Not afraid with any amazement. One translation is terror. Not afraid with any terror. Uh, He's not trying to kill you. He's not trying to do these things to you but not afraid with any amazement. I, I would take that with trying to mix it with a with a, a hope of faith. Now, I understand the situation's bad. I understand the relationship's bad. I understand things are hard, yes. But I believe in a God that can do anything. Amen. I believe in a God that can do anything. I believe in a God that answers my prayer. I believe in a God that will honor my faith. I have done what the Bible said. I've done this exactly the exact same pattern and template for my life for what he requires and I will not be amazed when he does it I'm gonna count it as done I'm gonna go ahead and count it as done Abraham he was told you're gonna have a son you're gonna call his name Isaac he goes home Sarah guess what we're gonna have a son she'd already been barren for 60 years 65 65 years up to that point had already been barren live with her since a young girl she's like what changed i ain't been able to have kids all this time don't worry you're going to you feel, but You feel pregnant? I don't feel pregnant. The next day, how you feeling, Sarah? Not pregnant. It'll happen tomorrow. Next day, next day. 25 years. Next day, how do you feel? Still doing it. Still believing. It's going to happen. And he got taunted all the time. Everybody come by. Hey, Father of Nations, how many kids you got today? How many kids you got today? It don't matter what anybody says. It don't matter how long it takes. God said it. It'll come to pass. It'll come to pass. I promise you it'll come to pass likewise you husbands now back in our court balls in our court likewise you husbands dwell with them according to knowledge giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered what would the negative of that be that if you're not that way, that your prayers are hindered. If you do this and your prayers not be hindered, then to me that if you don't do this, your prayers will be hindered. And we've shared that with you out of Mark 11, where Jesus said that as you stand praying, after he done told you how to move a mountain, after he told you how to move a mountain, he also says if when you stand praying you won't forgive, then you won't be forgiven. You won't be forgiven. Finally, finally, be you all of one mind, having compassion one of another. Love as brethren. Be pitiful. Be courteous. Not rendering evil for evil. There's your flesh right there. Well, you said it first. I know what you did. It's, it's something you wore with, something I wore with every day. Not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrariwise blessing, knowing that you are thereunto called. But you should inherit a blessing. You should inherit a blessing. For the he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. Let him eschew evil and do good. Let him seek peace and ensue it. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. Against them do evil. Turn over to me to 1 John. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Spirit of truth. And spirit of error, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because God sent his only begotten Son of the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he hath given us of his spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God Dwelleth in him and he in God. And we've known and believed the love that God hath. You believe it tonight? You believe that love that God hath taught to us. God is love. He that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God and God in him. Verse 17 Herein is our love made perfect. Herein is our love made perfect that we may have boldness in the day of judgment because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we in this world. There's no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love, and we love him because he first loved us. Because he first loved us. <clears throat> I want to read this prayer to you. It's from the message, Door to the Heart. For the Rams says, O Lord, great Jehovah, How we love you tonight because you first loved us and so loved us when we were sinners that you gave your only begotten son that whosoever shall believe on him would have eternal life. This we know we passed through death unto life when we have fellowship one with another and love one another and the blood of Jesus, thy son cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Father, let the Holy Spirit. Wave after wave, sweep over our souls and cleanse us from the things of the world. Come into our hearts tonight, Lord. And not only, not only to be Savior, don't just come into my heart to be Savior, but be Lord. Be my Lord. Take our intellectuals, cast them from us, Lord, if they're contrary to your word. Let us see. Only Jesus and him crucified. Let us walk not according to our guidance of our minds, but by the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Grant it, Father. Let's all stand to our feet tonight. We ever musicians come. <clears throat> the beauty of love. I got to thinking earlier about Mary and Gabriel coming to her and and, and we've shared that some with you as well, what it meant for her to accept that, for her to make that statement, be it unto me according to thy word. And I've read to you a lot tonight of the word and what God says. And I've shared with you many times, I believe that word is supernaturally creative. And if you can put that to work in your life, it will change you and bring you about to what he says to be. Now, in that, in that love, the angel comes to her and he tells her this. I can only imagine the anointing. I can only imagine the blessing. I can only imagine the environment that was going on right there when he appeared. And he tells her, fear not. And he brings that to her and he he makes that salutation. Blessed art thou among women. Blessed art thou amongst women. Now God, through that messenger, is telling her you're blessed. But what this blessing cost her in a natural and physical uh, environment of her life was she to be constantly ridiculed, constantly run down, told all the time, you're just a whore, you're just a harlot, you've done all these things, you must have slept with a Roman centurion and this is an illegitimate child. That's all you are. Not everybody believed she'd met an angel. There were more critics out there that were constantly telling her, you're lying, that never happened. But the angel said, I'm blessed. The angel come to me and said, I'm blessed. You're going to have the struggles of life. You're going to have the critics. You're going to have all those things. And if you listen to them, it'll shut you down. It'll absolutely shut you down where you can't love anymore. But we can find even in that life, or to take that burden, to take on that burden. The Bible says to bear one another's burdens. What a burden it was to be his mother, to be able to be the incubator to carry. Can you imagine that burden? Everybody else, when you're going to have a child, if, if it's not out of wedlock or something like that, most of the time it's a very happy thing. It's, a, it's the beginning of your life. It's the joy. It's, 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 it's all these things that, that you've been living for. And you want your life to go that way, to be able to have a child and to raise it, to know the Lord. And yet here you are, and everywhere you walk, people are looking at you like that. And they're looking at you like that. Yet all the while, all the while you're holding the fountain of life in your hands. All the while you're holding the Creator, you're holding the Elohim, you're holding the I am in your hands. As a child, as a baby, raising him up, and people looking at you like that. What if she had told him, No? The cost is too great. It's too heavy. It'll hurt. It won't be comfortable. It will not be always fun. You think she walked into it blindly? I don't think you can stand in that presence and, and walk into it blindly. But I guarantee you told the way's hard. But there's a way maker that walks with you. Even on the day that he dies. I had to stand there and watch him do that. I don't know. Maybe there's so much of his life that wasn't recorded in those 30 years but there are things that she knew that wasn't recorded you find that at the wedding in Canaan whatever he says do it he done told the disciples multiple times and she was following well on with them I'm going to die they're going to take me they're going to scourge me they're going to mock me they're going to do all these things to me for your sake then they're going to take my life but fear not I'll raise it up again it doesn't feel like love. I feel like a strange way to do it. But that He would live for you. I've said that many times. I heard recently that you find the Bible talking about how that the days were shortened. It's commonly taught by so many that there were seven years of tribulation. The, the vision of Daniel, the, 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 the 70 weeks of Daniel. There's only three and a half years of tribulation that, that those who do not take a rapture will go through. There's only three and a half years. The Bible says unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. No flesh would be saved. No flesh. Do you understand? No flesh. That's not just the righteous. That's not just the elect. God is very merciful. God is very kind to people that spit in his face all day long. And you we're expected to do the same as a Christian, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing but he took that burden that three and a half years and, and with all of your burden, all your sin the chastisement of our peace, all of our iniquity he carried that as well three and a half years how great a promise what amazing love it knows no bounds you understand that tonight it knows no bounds well, I was here. I was there. I was as low as I can be. That love reached out and crowned me. That love reached out and picked me up. Maybe I was sitting in a church. Maybe all my life I'd have been taught about God. Or maybe I looked like I was living for the Lord, but I didn't know Him that way. Walk the walk, talk the talk, but in my heart, the hidden man wasn't there. But yet He still got me. He still loved me. He still forgave me. Even though maybe if someone knew me, I might have looked like a hypocrite, He still loved me. Well, I was his enemy. He loved me. What amazing love. It took a lot of burden. It took a lot of pain. It took a lot of hurt to bear our scars, to bear our healing, to bear our redemption. And it's a very strange way to save the world, but that's what he chose. And the Bible says herein is his love made perfect. His love made perfect. That he would lay down his life for you.
1: And we open tonight with Peter making the statement, I'll die for
0: you. But it proves in just a few days he wouldn't even live for The Holy Ghost will come in your heart. He'll come into your life. And we'll take that one person's example. He denied him three times. He was wepting, he wept bitterly. He was ashamed for what he had done. But when the Holy Ghost come in and it changed his life to when they did go to kill him, he told him, you hang me sideways you hang me, I'm not worthy to die the same way I got no problem dying, I'm not worthy to die in the same way he did, I'll go with his death I'll be conformed to his death, but I'm not worthy to be killed the same way, you hang me sideways, his life changed when the Holy Ghost come in there was no more fear you realize that, just a few days before are you with Jesus, you're the one with Jesus no I'm not, no I'm not, no I'm not just a few days later after the Holy Ghost comes in, he'll step out in front of every one of them I'm with him I'm with him. I'm not ashamed of him. I love him. I live for him. I'll give my life for him. I'll oh, give yeah. all that I am for him. I don't care what happens. Yeah. I don't care what anyone does. He's mine and I'm right. his. Changed everything when love took possession. Yes. Praise the Lord. God bless you tonight. I, I put the words into that song. Nobody loves me like you love me, Jesus. I don't know what key it's in. Let's sing that chorus. Nobody loves me like you love me
1: Jesus. I stand
0: in all in more amazing
1: ways. I worship you as long as like you love me. me like you love me, Jesus. I stand in all of your amazing ways. I worship you as long as I am breathing. God, you are faithful.
0: August, he'd had an accident at work and had a nail get shot into his eyeball, and I, I talked to him today, and he's, he, I talked to him a few weeks ago, and he was telling me he had a surgery coming up on October 31st, and then I talked to him today, and he said that they, they'd done an implant of some kind, and it wasn't taking, and he I told him that we'd pray for him, that we would lift him up, and he's got another surgery coming up, I think, on Friday, uh, a week from Today. See, I believe God made that eyeball, yes. and, and and I have no problem praying for that because I believe God can bring that to pass. We shared that testimony of the brother there in Africa that had been standing there and examining a, a cross-eyed boy there in, in Brother Rams' prayer lines, and he examined him before he walked out there because he'd been thinking that it was all hypnotism or something like that, and... And before he even gets to Brother Branham, his eyes come open. They come straight. And the boy started shouting and screaming. And the man runs over and said, what just happened? What just happened? And, you know, he, he, he said that about, you know, hypnotizing him. And he said, do you think the God that made the eyeball can't do whatever he wants with it? If he needs to create a new one, if he needs to heal that one, whatever it might be. There was one day that he bit down and he spit in the dirt and he made a brother, one of our brothers, new eyeballs and he was able to see out of it. I believe that with all my heart. I believe that's that same creator that we live for today. I believe it's that same creator that loves us like that today. So let's bind together by faith for our brother, your precious, wonderful Lord Jesus. How precious, how beautiful, how mighty you are. Lord, we lift our brother up to you just now and we acclaim with one heart and one faith in one accord that by your stripes he is made whole right now Lord we bind our faith together we believe your word we accept it and we claim it for him and we thank you Lord for doing that for our brother Lord I've thought many times of of how hard that would be to have to navigate that, and even with Brother Hector and what he's gone through, but Lord, you are still the God that heals the blind. You're still the God that, that makes us to see, that opens our ears, that, that rebukes the devil and, and takes his, his hold off of us. Lord, we're so very grateful for your kindness, Lord. How good you are to your people, Lord. Not, not one of us can stand here and say, You've been mean to us, you've been bad to us, you beat us up all the time. Lord, you're good of every good gift, Lord, even things that might seem hard, might seem a struggle, Paul said it's for our sakes, it's to make us stronger, it's to make us more, more, more sold out, more of a believer, more of a, a leaner upon your arms, Lord, we appreciate you so much, Lord, we thank you for your kindness to us, Lord, I pray you bless my brothers and sisters here tonight, that you would so encourage them, Lord. Your word would find good ground, and Lord, it would. We'd walk out of here with hearts full of faith, trusting and believing you, Lord, and loving one another more. How we adore you, Lord! We thank you for your presence in this place. Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor, and we thank you for loving us. We ask you to help us to love each other in your precious and lovely name. Amen.
1: a new day me, It's time to sing your song again. Whatever may pass and whatever lies before me, let me be singing with me. Your name is great and your heart is kind. For all of your goodness, I will keep on singing. Ten thousand reasons for my heart to find. Oh, bless the Lord. Yes,